Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Hi, it's episode 16, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast Joining me this week... Chair of the Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club, Nikki Merritt from Joburg. Hi, everyone. And David Fornell from Sussex. Good afternoon. Right, we've played um, two games since we last recorded a podcast, Southampton and uh, Leicester um, yesterday. We'll, we'll begin by talking about um, the Leicester game. We're going to go straight into a question. Um, very important question. Um, one for you, David, I guess. Um, John Steggles, how good is David Satnav? Is it world class? <laughs> got us out of, <laughs> I haven't seen that question yes that got us out of trouble didn't it off the M1 uh, where John was trying to redirect us into the traffic in his well known lands um, yeah that, that's, uh, that worked well for us didn't it got us home in time it did got us from, got us from A to B um, yeah uh, it is a world class sat nav um, uh, so it, it, did you? Did the the three of you go together? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay. So David David kindly picked me up, and then we then we drove drove north up to Milton Keynes, picked up John, and then drove all the way to Leicester. And how how long a drive is it? Well, it depends whose perspective you're looking at it from. In <laughs> in the case of in the case of John, it's probably an hour away from Milton Keynes to to Leicester. I think about two hours for me, um, David. That's three hours for me. Yeah. Goodness. So six hours, six hours in total. So it was uh, uh, the things we do for the team we love. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah <laughs> David kindly drove us in and, and, and got us back safely in, in, in one piece, and, and his sat nav ensured that um, we, we stayed on track. It was a. Uh, his, yeah, his, his sat-nav is a, a well-old machine. Um, and talking of well-old machines, um, Spurs yesterday, um, we got got the result that we um, that, that we needed. Back up to back up to third and or still third in the table. Um, Nicky, if I begin with begin with you, what, what's your take on the performance yesterday? Well, I think I think a lot of Spurs supporters probably looked at the the team sheets and thought, "What the heck is he doing?" You know, and uh, but it worked. I mean, you know, we 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 gave our play well, Ericsson and Kane a bit of a, a bit of a, a little bit of a run, but but mostly they were rested. And I just thought that um, the fact that we had a clean sheet and we played Ian and Toby, um, no brainer. Pochettino, catch a wake up. The, those two together are formidable. I mean, Toby's just got such a calmness about him. And I think it just it just strengthens us in defence, and and it it was outstanding. And then as for my boy Sissoko, I just thought that he's improving and improving and improving and and getting more confidence on the ball. And 
I'm really so so chuffed for him. I really am. I get emotional when I hear the fans singing, oh, Musa Sissoko. It's just, it's just, oh. And, um, and then, of course, Sunny and Delhi and just everybody. It was it was just a brilliant performance. And, and you know, yes, it was Leicester, but they've been a bogey team for us in the past. So, damn, I'm, I'm happy. I was celebrating. How about you guys? Uh, well, for me, I, I, I found it an exceptionally disciplined performance. Um, I, we all spoke before the game when we saw the lineup, and I said, right, what I tend to do is make my um, opinion now of what I think rather than after the game, which we all did. We all, although we were surprised, particularly to see Kane um, on the bench, it's not something I expected, but I understood. But we all said, yeah, we're happy with that. We all spoke about it and said, yeah, I'm, I can see what he's trying to do. Um, obviously, if we lose, he's going to get pelters over it. But if we if we win, then he's sort of a genius. And, but, I, but I felt what he put out as a lineup um, was more than capable of winning it. So I was, I was happy before the game. Um, I, I would say it wasn't the best game to watch for a neutral. But it was a, as a thoroughly disciplined um, performance. We, we we played it at the back sideways, a little bit forward, back out. We tried to pull them about a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't marvellous to watch, but we waited our moment. Um, and I, I would have taken two nil uh, before the game. You know, bitten your hand off for it. So I'm 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 overjoyed with the three points. Prior to the match. Um... David and I, and I were discussing this, and um, I think both of us felt, uh, jo- John as well, John Steggles, I think we, we all felt that Leicester are one of those teams, you, you said it uh, earlier, um, Nicky, uh, a bogey team. They are a sort of team that can and have made it difficult for us in, in, in the past. If you, part, Apart from that, um, a couple of seasons ago when, when we won 6 1, right towards the end of the season, Kane got a hat trick. Apart from that occasion, they've always, when we played them, whether that's been been away from home or even at home, at White Hart Line or Wembley, even last season when we beat them five four on the last day of the season, that, that they always raise their game and they make it difficult for us. In fact, let's go back even further when we played them um, a game we were all at um, a good few years ago when we played them the season before they won the league when they were fighting relegation and and you know, we we were conv- that we it was never there was any doubt that we we, we weren't going to beat them um, and we did on that day at White Hart Lane. But they gave us a real game, um, as, yeah. as I recall, um, yeah, they, and, and they scored a few goals. I think was it two or three? I can't remember. Um, it was it was four three the final score and uh, Harry Kane's first hat trick. Harry Kane's first hat trick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the, they are one of these teams that, that that's um, potentially on paper could could spring a surprise or, or um, be one where you look back at it at the end of the season and, and you think, oh, we, we dropped a few points there. So to get a result. Um, the manner that we did keep a clean sheet, I think, is a really good thing. I, I felt that we grew in the game. I felt very early on in the first half, I think that they made it difficult um, for us to play our game. Particularly, I noticed, I, don't, I didn't think first half Winks had a great game. Um, and I think that was partly because they were pressing him. And every time he got the ball, um, he was closed down very, very quickly. And, and we weren't able to play 
our game or his game and he wasn't really I felt at that point he wasn't able to impose himself um, on the game but I think that our full backs look a little bit isolated as well like uh, early on and I think that's that was all down to the tactics Leicester employed but then um, Pochettino he, he seemed to slightly tinker with the formation towards the end of that first half and it, and it paid di um, dividends um, we seemed to go from a diamond more to a sort of 4-2-3-1 and, and then you you had the likes of Sonny Delhi um, supporting Mora um, and, and as well as from an attacking point of view but also defensively um, giving the support to our fullbacks, and I thought that made a big difference. And yeah, once once Sonny's goal went in, um, I, uh, there was for me there was no looking back at that point. Um, there's only one team that would look, look look likely to to win that game. Yeah, and it was quite a goal. I mean, it was just outstanding. But uh, but you you're right about Winksy. I think he did grow into the game. Um, as I suppose you could argue, some other players did too. You know our I, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I mean, the referee was just shocking. You know, he gave us absolutely nothing. I mean, that yellow card for Fatongan in, in within the first, I think it was in the eighth minute, ninth minute. I mean, that was just ridiculous, completely ridiculous. And then and then Leicester fouls us and, and it's probably an even worse challenge and he, and he does absolutely nothing. Mm. You know, I don't know what's up with the refs lately, but they are so... I don't know, there's no consistency and that's the thing that annoys me the most about watching the games. And it's not just because it's Spurs. I suppose you could you could argue it's with any other game too. They're not consistent in their decisions and that's why people just don't trust them half the time because they just seem like they're making dodgy decisions. But all in all, yes, it might not have been the, the, the nicest game to watch, but we got the result and, and nothing else matters, you know. And... Um, and we 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 live to fight another day. Absolutely, and we and we're third. We remain third in the table. Um, five points obviously behind City. They they lost yesterday, and and six points behind Liverpool. And um, whilst I think it will be difficult to catch those teams, not because five or six points is is a massive lead, because it isn't particularly at this stage, but. I, there just seems to be so little margin for error this season. You've got to, you've really got to be at your best every game. Um, and any point that any side drops, whether that's us or or or, or City or, or Liverpool or, or, or the teams below us, um, can really prove co sort of costly at, at the end of the season. Um, but we're, we're there. We're we're in with a shout. We'll have to see how how it goes from here. Um, just another question from John Stegall's a uh, football-related one rather than a uh, car navigation. Um, John says, uh, or comment rather, I suppose, we've proved tonight that we can rest players. Um, I like the fluidity of our play through the game. Overall, Toby and Deanne bossed the back, which uh, you mentioned, Nicky. Um, Davis had one of his better games. Musa moved like a gazelle with the ball at his feet. What a fantastic description. Son with a fantastic goal. You knew he'd score as soon as he... He got it, and then he just said, I lost my voice today. I think we all probably lost our voices since yesterday. Um, Son, yeah, when he, he as soon as he cut in on his left foot, you knew, you just knew that he was going to shape up and shoot. And, uh, yeah, fantastic strike. Yeah. 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 It, 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 I said to you that I just knew tonight, right at the time, and I, you could, we were at the other end of the pitch as well, but <clears throat> you could just see that he was, he 
was on one of his benders, those curlers into the corner. And I just I just almost yelled goal before it went in. And that just <laughs> just changed the changed the whole dimension because that is in the forty sixth minute. And it was so critical as it turned out for the game in a way, because the uh the, the Leicester manager uh, had to change his team talk. Um, and rather being patient and hoping to catch us on the break, um, he's then got to look at the second half as to how he's now going to, to get two goals, perhaps, <clears throat> rather than one. Um, so that helped. But you're right about the flu- uh, John's right about the fluidity. What we did was um, we pulled, you notice Dyer was going in between um, Jan and Toby, so making a three and then pushing our four backs forward. So that brought more width. That then took out their players into wider positions which gave Winks a tad more space to grow into so we were moving the ball around a lot better we became more dangerous that was that was a good move um, I, I liked all that and that's the fluidity we were moving all over the place <clears throat> but um, I, I mentioned to it to Deli Ali because I, I, I'm watching him and, and I'm thinking yeah, that, that's world class I really felt he was an absolute world class and he got his 50th goal mm. uh, yesterday and, and and good on him. And when you look at his um, peers before him, the skulls, I saw all this on, on um, BT today, that um, scoring 50 goals in, in a far shorter period than skulls, Gerard Lampard, all good goal scorers, all great players. And here he is just at 22 already up there. And, and he was he was running the game yesterday. And, I, and I'm not surprised. I have to say, if we were to lose Ericsson, I, I've, I've thought this before, that funny enough, you know, rather than trying to find another Ericsson, I think that Deli Ali could be that Ericsson. He has that gift. He has that vision. Um, he can play those balls. And I, and, and I think that he could. I mean, he's not the same player, but you never will find the same player. But he is that good. I, and I, and I, I just hope we keep on, keep hold of him. He really stepped up yesterday, with you know, with Ericsson on the bench. Um, he showed a lot, lot, lot of maturity. Um, the the stat that you mentioned, John, um, about the number of goals. I think if you can also include assists, I think it's a total to, total number of goals and assists is something like sixty seven at the age of twenty two, which yet yeah, exceeds the likes of Skulls, uh, Lampard, Gerrard at, at that age, which which is quite something. Um, and and, he, and he, he can only get better as a player. Um, if I was going to be, I mean, for me, I suppose he, he was my man of, the, man of the match yesterday. If I was, if I was going to be slightly critical of him, there's one thing I've noticed with him um, is that in the final third, he sometimes seems to hold on to the ball a little bit too much when he should perhaps pass the ball and release it. So to illustrate this, and it's not the only time he's done this. Um, this season, or uh, there was a point in the second half where um, he had the ball and Winks made a beautiful run. He was on, on the left-hand side, and and he should have put Winks through. Um, now he didn't. Now I don't know whether that was because he didn't have the confidence in Winks to um, to, to, to to take a shot and, and, and score. So, for example, I'm, I'm sure if Kane was in that position, he wouldn't hesitate for a minute. So maybe it stemmed from that. Maybe he was just trying to. Yeah, maybe he, it was just a, a, a judgment call and 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 one that he got wrong, and, and and he was just trying to tease the opposition and and hold on to the ball that little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I, I sometimes wish that perhaps his decision making could be slightly better. I'm being I'm really nitpicking here. I'm being very very critical. Um, Musa, John mentioned Musa. Um, what about his tackle the first half? 
Superb. There was a, there was a, a mark left on the pitch. You could see that was just. Oh there. really? Yep. Yep. <laughs> But, you know, but it's it's also, you know, um, I think that they were in our half and there was quite a lot of pressure and um, and he took the ball and he ran with it and, and, and just provided that much needed relief, I think, for us because, you know, every single Leicester player was around him and, and off, off goes Musa Sissoko and everybody can just breathe a sigh of relief because, you know, you, you, you look at him now when he's on the ball and you do kind of just think... Um, you're not screaming and, and thinking, oh, God, what are you doing passing it to Musa? You know, now it's a case of pass it to Musa. And and I think that's that's down to Poch because he's just grown in, in so much confidence. And and the more confident he's getting, the, the better he's playing. He really is such an athlete. And um, and all credit to him for, for working hard and not letting – we've discussed this before – but not letting the negativity get to him. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just – you know how I feel about him. I'm, I'm, I've always been one for the underdog, and, and there's nothing nicer when a player just performs the way that he should, the way we expect him to. You know, yes, there's room for improvement, but that we can say about every single player. You know, if he could be a little bit more composed, because he gets into the positions where he can score. If he could just be a little bit more composed and more clinical, maybe he could become a goal scorer too. Who knows? The sky's the limit. But Gazelle, but, I like that. Uh, but, good, good description, John. <laughs> the rise of Sissoko, I think, is testament to two things. One, Pochettino, um, as a coach, as a man-manager. We've seen him improve the likes of, over the years, Walker, Rose, Davis, um, to, to, to name but a few. Uh, now Sissoko. But it's also a testament to the player himself, because mm-hmm. if the player wasn't receptive... Um, not just to not if the player didn't have the attitude to sort of rise above all, all that negativity, but also to be receptive to to the manager and to and to make an effort to to improve, then he wouldn't. Believe me, there have been other players who who, who haven't, um, yeah. uh, shall we say, prospered under Pochettino, and and, and they've they've moved on. Um, he could have quite easily he could have moved on. Um, or, or I'm sure if maybe if we had found some suitors for him, we, we might have been able to move him on earlier on in his career, maybe after a year or so. At that time, he always struck me as one of those players, a bit like, say, Stambouli, somebody who, or Fazio, somebody who's only going to be there for a year or so that didn't perhaps work out, or uh, Clinton and G. Uh, in fact, he's actually responded, and, and now he, he's bearing the fruits. And, and like you said earlier, Nicky, um, the fans are over the last month two months the fans are just singing his name all the time at the end of the match during the course of a game uh, and it's it's lovely to see also sorry to say this but it, it shows how stupid our fans football fans in general can be that they question Pochettino um, I'm not saying that Pochettino is perfect, and then he get and then he gets every single decision right. Um, he's not infallible. He, I'm sure he, he he'll make mistakes. Um, uh, that's you know, he, he, no no manager is perfect, but he knows what he's doing, and I, I just wish fans had a little bit more faith in the ma- in the manager. Um, and when I looked at the, the team news yesterday, my my concern wasn't the fact that he hadn't picked Ericsson and um, Kane because I knew that we were perfectly capable to get a result. My worry was if we didn't get a result, that straight after the match you'd you'd get a bit of a backlash, just as 
um, there was last week when when Alderweireld wasn't wasn't picked, and sometimes you've just got to back Pochettino that he knows he he trains he's he, he's at the training ground every day, works with his players. He knows, you know, whether they're fit and the extent to which they're fit and whether they need a rest and um, he knows better than any of us really. So back the no, manager. For sure. I agree with you 100%. But, um, but I mean, come on. Uh, you know, yesterday, Jan and Toby, that's probably one of the first games they've actually played together for a long time. And look at the result. You know, mm. clean sheet. Yes, it's Leicester. But as we've also just said, they can be a bogey team for us. And um, it just it just strengthens the back. It really does. And and I'm not saying that, that Foyth is... is cannot grow into being a really good player because I think under Pochettino he's going to become really, really good. But um, look, I, I do believe that last week, Sunday, Poch got it wrong. You know, if if Arsenal still got a result against us and we had played um, Alderweireld, then then you go, well, you know what? We put our best foot forward and it just didn't pay off. But the fact that, that he was left on the bench and then left on the bench. He was on the bench, but then left on the bench. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. But that, that's going to get me upset with him all over again. And I don't want to be upset with Pochettino. <laughs> again. Just, just, just one thing briefly, and it's a slight, um, digressing slightly from, 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 from the game. You mentioned Alderweireld and, and Jan. I remember when, when we first did the podcast four years ago, um, we didn't have Alderweireld at, at the time. Um, and I... I can't remember the, the the game that that it's immaterial, but you were talking about Jan at the time, um, and you were critical of him not because of his performance per se, or because you didn't believe in the player. You probably had more faith in him than, than I did at that time. But I, I I seem to remember you said something. At, this is back in 2014 I think you see something along the lines of you wanted to show you wanted him to, to show more more leadership um yes. and, and he wasn't showing that at that yeah. point in time and fast forward now I was I was to four years down the line and obviously you know he's, he's been such a good performer um the last three or four years I think he had a little tricky spell perhaps after a very good season I think that he you know he had a number of different partners um Dawson and Various others, Kabul. I, I, I think until Alderweireld came, he didn't perhaps have the player of the same standard. He, he had a lot of players who, no disrespect to them, were perhaps a little bit inferior. Um, but yeah, he's he shown a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, consistently over, over the last few years uh, performances of a very high standard. But looking at him yesterday, particularly first half, perhaps because where I was positioned, I was just looking at the, those two, and yet the understanding is there, but also. Jan was just constantly talking, constantly talking to, to you know, shouting out instructions, yeah. marshalling, marshalling the 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 the, the, the defence, and showing exactly that, showing leadership qualities, um, which uh, was was really it's, good good to see. That is fantastic, and you know that's that's the sad thing about not being at the game and watching from TV, because from a from a TV perspective, we don't get to see that. We don't see what happens you know, around the players when 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 um they don't have the ball. We don't we don't get to see that sort of thing. So it's nice to hear that that's what he's doing. And um but he just looks happier too. Remember at one stage I think I remember saying 
he he didn't look very happy either. He mm. he just looked miserable. But he's a completely different person now. I think I think yes, um, because of Toby. But but also he hasn't really been playing with Toby because Toby was injured. And then there's this, you know, I don't know, elephant in the room about Toby signing a contract, etc. I think I think if Toby had to go, God forbid, and I would I would be very upset if he did. Um, Yannick just strikes me as the kind of person that will get on with it now because I think he has, um, he understands that he's got uh, Pochettino right behind him and Pochettino um, will back him no matter what. He, he's got faith in him. And I think that's maybe what he didn't get previously. I don't know, mm. you know. Um, it's amazing when, when somebody just has that belief and that faith in you, how you want to do everything in your power to not let them down. And I think that's kind of the effect that Pochettino has on our players. They they want to do whatever they can do, whatever it takes to be the best, because if they don't, they know that not only are they letting themselves down, but they're also letting Pochettino down. And I think it's just testament, again, to the kind of manager that he is. So, yeah, Jav, you're right. We should have a little bit more faith. We should believe that he knows best because he's the one that sees them in training and, and knows if somebody's not doing okay. Yes, I'm contradicting myself from last week's Sunday when I wasn't happy with his, with his selection. But at the end of the day, he, he's... He's been brilliant for us, so so mm. you've got to just trust what the manager says. I think um, it's yeah. I, I, like I said, he, he's not. No manager is perfect, and, and there will be occasions where he will make decisions and he will get it wrong. wrong. Last <laughs> Sunday, perhaps, maybe not. Who knows? That, that that that's open for debate. But but there will be there will be times. But I think what annoys me is when fans. Not question him. That's fine. Perfectly acceptable to do that. But sometimes, I think if you're going to question him, you've got to do that, but also temper it with a bit of realism and say, "Well, yep, I think he's. I think he's decided to to do X, Y, and Z. I think that's wrong." Having said that, you know, who am I to know? Um, and and Pochettino has nine times out of ten has has has, has got it right. A bit like I think earlier when when David said before the game, you you took a decision. Um, or a, a, formed an opinion prior to the game when when, when you saw the team selection, um, it would have been too easy to have afterwards said that uh, that was the wrong decision. I mean, as it was, it paid off yesterday, which was good to see. Um, we played Southampton in the middle of the middle of the week. Um, I haven't got a great deal to say about the match because it was quite um, uneventful. I don't know if there was anything that that uh, either of you picks up on or, or want to mention about that game. Well, what I would say about the Southampton one is, um, of course, what it worried me, and I said the previous podcast, I just hope they don't sack Hughes because you'll get a, a a sort of an instant reaction from a new manager coming in. And, and I think they got a little bit of that as well. Um, we did concede quite a bit of ground and, and quite a few chances. Uh, more uncomfortable than I would have liked, I have to say. And then switched off um, when Austin scored that one goal. Now, it doesn't doesn't seem much I know we're 3-0 up and Charlie Austin gets a, a little goal um, which he did very well I did watch on TV he was offside he was offside so that one was missed but never, never the matter that we do need the goal difference and it's a shame so we, we weren't quite as crisp as we were yesterday with our defending and I will say defending I mean from front to back 
it's a mm. team performance, not not just um, uh, just not four or five defenders you have. So it is a whole team thing. Yeah. So I was a, I was a bit disappointed with that, but obviously I'm happy with the result, and I think uh, that was always going to be a trip up one if you're not careful. Uh, um, so it was a good three points again. Yeah, you know, and and much obviously much needed after the Arsenal game. Yeah, yeah. but it, but it just shows you just how how unpredictable the league can be. You know, there's there's Chelsea who we beat and they beat Man City. I mean, and then and then a week later, um, Arsenal beat us. You know, it's just bizarre that. I suppose it's who wants it more at the end of the day, on the day. There's so many different factors that could could influence it. And wouldn't life be boring if it was that predictable? Yeah, obviously, you want to win these, these games, especially a North London derby. But, you know, life happens. And... Um, and uh, I, I don't know if I would if I'd want to be um, supporting a team where you just kind of know it's 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 going to happen. We're going to win every game, and yeah, it's nice to be able to have that confidence. But but when when your team becomes that predictable that you just know well we're going to win, um, isn't that also boring though? It is. It, it is a tad boring. I mean, look at Man City. Yep, yeah, they're, 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 they're winning trophies. They've won trophies. And don't get me wrong, I'd love to win those tro- trophies. And I hope I hope we do. But it's also so... They've, they've, yeah, it's predictable. They've, they've won the league. Um, they can go and buy anybody they want, pretty much. Um, I don't know. Where's the joy in supporting a team like Man City? Well, exactly. I think the fact that we that we haven't signed anybody new, we've managed to hold on to all of our players. We've got youth coming in. Yeah, that's testament to to how well we're actually doing. And we we third it on the table. What the hell? We we're not spending money like all these other um, people who throw money at a at a at a situation in order to win leagues, etc., and win trophies. We don't have to do that because that's not who we are. You know, we we're. I just think we're a class act, end of. But of course, I'm a Spurs supporter, so of course I'm going to say that. Um, but yeah, it's just. I suppose it maybe it's like like the the Man United supporters were in the Fergie era. You know, it, it just you just become arrogant, and I just I don't know I don't know if I'd like Spurs supporters being arrogant, confident yes, but not arrogant. Well, we're going to beat you every single game, and I, I like the fact that we're quietly confident, and we hope that we're going to win. Like, I'm sure you're going to bring us up to the game on on Tuesday. Obviously, you go into it not th- being negative. You you want to win, but you also have to be realistic about what our chances are, and and that that tie that we have when we do get the result. I'm sorry, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Want to hand that away? Give that away for any amount of money that you throw at a team to to buy players, to win leagues and win trophies. I want to be able to know that after I've watched a game, we've we've worked for it, we deserve the result, and and that that elation factor. Sorry, I'm I'm going off on a little bit of a <laughs> tangent here, but I just I just don't get how these these supporters of cities and the Uniteds and the Chelsea's where they throw money at at the team to to win trophies and 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 that's being competitive that's that's makes you brilliant I don't know 
I, I think see. that our, our growth has always been quite organic. It hasn't been artificial. Um, it hasn't been throwing lots of money um, at to try to find a solution. It, it's it's developing the talent that we've got. It's, it's retaining the assets. It's uh, and then that's I, I find that more enjoyable. Really, I, I get more satisfaction out, out of that. In a way, I'm glad we didn't. I would have preferred us to get some signings last last summer, and I, and I still hope we strengthen in the window if there's somebody available. But um, I'm I'm glad that actually we've, we've retained all the players. We've, we've retained the likes of Alderweireld and and Rose etc. Who, who were linked with moves away, even even Dembele. Um, and you're right. We 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 go into these games I think quietly confident. But not arrogant. We do. There are maybe it's just the fact that we're Spurs fans, uh, and we suffered a lot. Mm. But we, we we do look at certain games like Leicester, for example, and we think that could be a tricky one. Southampton on paper, we should have, we should, should we should beat them. But on the back of a defeat against Arsenal, playing all these games in quick quick succession, they could have also had a new manager bounced. Um, so there's a slight maybe in the back of your mind going into that game, you think, well, maybe maybe we're not going to get the result. Um, but we do, and we, and when we do, even if it's not the best performance, we know that we've got to get get a result, particularly after losing to our, to Arsenal. We don't we don't want to suddenly drift apart from um, the, the, the the teams above us above us, and we don't want the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal to make more ground, and and we get we get the result, and and, and that's quite satisfying. On Southampton, uh, yeah, like I said, my I thought it was unevent, uneventful. I think the the atmosphere attendance was one of the lowest um, for us. In a Wembley game, which, oh, wow. which is quite disappointing. Um, there were just rows and rows of empty seats next to me. It felt, it almost felt like on Wednesday when I sat there, like it was a, I don't know, a, a youth game or something like that. It was just so felt so sparse, so silent. Um, Delhi didn't play um, on Wednesday. Um, I seem to recall so that's, that's another bit of good game management by um, Pochettino, mm. resting Delhi, resting Ericsson yesterday and Kane. Um, but yeah, we, we got the result. Uh, just one thing, um, bringing it back to yesterday's game on Delhi, it was his 50th goal, as you mentioned earlier, David. Um, his his first, his very first goal for us was also against Leicester, away from home, a diving header, and as, yeah. was, his, as was his 50th, um, a game I watched with you, I believe, Nikki, in South Africa. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, oh, good but, yeah, and another pointless stat from yesterday, um, but I'm I'm not I'm not 100 sure about this. Um, somebody need, will, will, or I'll need to check it myself later. Um, Carl Walker Peters, who came on towards the end end of the game for Uria, that was his fourth Premier League, not European game or cup or whatever, his fourth league appearance for us, um, and it's always been against the same two opposition. So in his first season, he plays against Newcastle away, first game of the season, and then Leicester at home on the final day of the season. This season he played against Newcastle away, first first yeah. game of the season, and then Leicester away yesterday. I don't believe he's played any other league games <laughs> against other op- 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 opposition. Um, coincidence, um, and probably a completely useless fact. Uh... Let me just draw you back. I know, Nicky, you're sort of very upset about the Arsenal game, and We'll try and put some. I'm going to try and put some perspective on it. Um, okay. That's all. Um, we have at the moment our best Premier League start uh, now um, after 16 games. Um, last season uh, we were doing very well. 
we were in fifth place, 30 points. We've got 36 this mm. season. Against all the odds, the disappointment of the uh, stadium still, and that, that is growing. And, uh, and just as you've mentioned, Chavid, about Wednesday, that was a lot to do with it. The, the people are fed up with Wembley. Um, it's not great atmosphere. The atmosphere yesterday up at um, Leicester was great, wasn't it? Yep, absolutely. I mean, it was absolutely rocking. It was absolutely rocking. You just think, oh, I wish we could play all our games away. Um, so here we are um, back in. Now, we've got a game every three days. And somehow Pochettino has got to manage that squad. He knows whether they're tired, whether they've got muscle fatigues. Now, we, we did bring Tripp in and he clearly wasn't ready. And now we've got him injured again. And we are struggling now with right backs. So when he removed Toby, only he knows pretty much why. We were a bit suspicious, weren't we, Javid, that it mm-hmm. would, there was something more to it. But it may just have been to rest him. Um, whether that cost us, I don't know. But sooner or later, by having to rotate the squad, it will probably cost us again. Well, we don't expect it. It's something he's got to manage. And I looked at the programme yesterday and I see that even Leicester have three more first-team squad members than we have. So we've got a fairly smallish squad that he's got to manage, but he's still going to rotate it. And I now firmly believe that the World Cup has had its impact on us, the tiredness. I, I, but what I've seen of the players, and Harry Kane is a great example of that, he's looked really tired the first part of the season. He's now coming back into it. And somehow he's had to manage all those players and keep them fresh all, all the coaching staff and the physios have all had to work with them very carefully and, and I, I actually haven't seen Jan and um, Toby playing together that much this season and that's partly because of injury we've, ha- we've got probably I, I don't know but we've probably one of the biggest um, um, injury lists at the moment and have had a, a fair sized one this season so I, on the back of all that a difficult start to the season here we are with a record break um, Premier League start so he ain't doing that bad unfortunately like all these things we give all these lovely stats and I, I believe as I understand it as another silly stat um, a start with no draws is matched uh, since 1930 so this is back in 1930 we're going 16 games without a draw so all those things I'm afraid don't give us any silverware alas no, but, but they put us in a good position at the moment yeah. Um, yeah. And and you're right. I don't think any. I don't think any any side has had that many players. Probably Man City um, involved in uh, in the World Cup, particularly the, the latter stages with, with the English, Belgian boys, obviously Hugo as well with France, and 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 have had such an impact in terms of injuries this season. But whilst the impact has been there to see, we've we've still ridden the storm. We are still we've won. Is it twelve matches out of sixteen? Yes. Not not drawn any, lost four, record points to total, as you said, third in the table. So despite all of those uh, handicaps, we're still where we are. And if we can now start to get those players back from injury, and if we can, if, those, if some of those players like Kane you mentioned now start to hit form, then we're in a good position, a good, good starting point from here on in to to mount a challenge, whether that's in the league or, or one of the domestic cups. Or dare I say, in 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 Europe. Um, so I, I, trophies 
we all want trophies, but hopefully they will come. But I, I, I do believe we're we're in a strong position. The foundations are there. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, we 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 need to start turning potential into into cups and silverware uh, to have something tangible for, for all the, for all the good work that, that that's been done over that period of time. Um, we've got Burnley next up on. Well, we've got Barcelona next, and we'll talk about that in the second half of the pod. Uh, but we've got Burnley next in the league. They are struggling this season for whatever reason. Um, we've got them at Wembley on Saturday. That should be a game that we can we can win, you'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it's all on paper. Obviously, it should be relatively easy. I think as long as we don't underestimate our opposition, you know, it, it, it could be a really good game for us to get a good goal difference you know if we're quite strong in defense and um we keep the clean sheets we could we could i i don't see us not getting at least maybe four goals out of it you know which would obviously do brilliant things for our for our goal difference um but yeah i I do see us winning it we just need to to remain focused and um and not underestimate them because they are fighting uh, relegation they, they're not doing very well and and yes relegation's not for a, a long time yet but battle is on regardless so these these kind of teams they're always they're always wanting a better result and and they they won yesterday so you know you you they might be on a little bit of a high you never know but i i, I do think that i've got confidence in in spurs to go and, and get the three points I, I I would be very careful, and um, I think he'll rest players again. Um, some of the players, if we if we haven't got any more injuries, that is. Mm. So I I I'd be curious to see what side he does put out against Burnley. Uh, again, he's got to manage that. Um, I, I don't see Kane rested, but I, I can see Delhi being rested for it. I really can. I mean, he's only got to stick him on the bench, and as long as we don't. Um, go a few goals down or something ridiculous but we have got Everton which is I think the game after um, which is a difficult game we've got uh, we've got a League Cup game on yeah, on, Cup. On, 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 on the Wednesday I think that of course. I think if Foyt is back from injury and bearing in mind he can't play in the middle of the week he's not eligible he was, or he wasn't registered for, for the Champions League I wouldn't be surprised if he plays Foyts ahead of one of Jan and Toby and then mm. plays both of those two the following Wednesday against Arsenal in, in the mm. League Cup. It's, it's all about yeah rotating, managing these yeah players with all these games coming thick and fast and like you say, hoping we don't get any more injuries, for example, when we play Barcelona, which could then complicate matters even more. Uh, I, I agree with you both. I think we'll, we should get the win. Um and yeah, it would be nice if we can if we can get a few goals because the goal difference, like you said, David, is it's little. It's not as good as um, no. Some we, of the we, teams we've around con- us. we've conceded sixteen goals, and that 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 is concerning, isn't it? I mean, it's more than a lot more than all around us. Um, yeah, but Arsenal. we have thumped teams as well. We haven't done a quite go right. back to couple of seasons uh, uh, the last season at White Hart Lane even the season before that where yep. there were games where we would win 4-0 4-0 yep. I mean the likes of Stoke pity they're not in the league anymore they're always a guaranteed 4-0 <laughs> um, uh, 
there are other games I think even last season at Wembley not to the same degree as maybe White Hart Lane but there are a few I think we beat Stoke was it 5-1 Everton I seem to remember we scored five against there's been less so of those margins this, this yep. season um, yes it'd be nice if we, if we can get that but first things first we've got to get the three points um, yes and I'm fairly confident about that right um, second half of the podcast we'll talk about the Barcelona game um, can we do the impossible and get a result um, we'll take a few um, of your questions um, but before we do who is here is Bex even with this week's Spurs ladies update hey up it's Bex so Spurs girls um, had two games this week which is quite unusual for them they played midweek on Wednesday they played London Bees and that wasn't such a good result for the girls. They lost 4-2, having been 2-0 up at half-time. So, um, not dissimilar to last weekend's fiasco then. Anyway, they played again today, Sunday, and came away with a win against Crystal Palace. So, the ladies do just as well in most of the derbies as well as the boys do, which is gratifying, to say the least. So, today's goal was scored by uh, Rihanna Dean, and that was in the first half. Next game is next Sunday, the 12th of December. No, I lied. It's obviously not Sunday the 12th, it's Wednesday. Anyway, half past seven, that is a Continental Cup game and that's against Chelsea Ladies and that's at Chesson. Should be quite a good game. Um, Be interesting to see how the girls bounce back against that and obviously Chelsea are a WSL1 side. That game will be their last game for this year and they resume on the 6th of Jan. Anyway, so that's everything I think I have to tell you thus far. If anybody wants to ask me anything, I'm on Twitter at BunchesBex. Cheers, thanks, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right, um, we have Barcelona on Tuesday. Um, can we get a result? And more to the point, who? Well, who? who well, who, sorry, who will who will start that match? Because um, there was some question mark over Uria. He he limped off at the end. We don't know if Trips is going to be recovered. Will he? Will he start Walker Peters? Um, if those two are out, will he have to start Walker Peters in 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 the new cap? And can can we get a result? Let's let's be really honest here. Do either of you think we can get a result in 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 the new camp? Everybody says, oh, we don't have to win. We've just got a match or better into into the result against PSV. Well, Inter have got PSV at home, and PSV have been quite poor. So I'm not for one second entertaining anything other than Inter winning that match. Therefore. We have to go to the new camp and get a win. Absolutely. But I don't think, you know, Barcelona are qualified regardless. So are they really going to, to risk any of their players to go out and, and, you know, boss us? I don't think so. Maybe maybe they're going to also do a bit of rotation and, and, and play some of their, um, their not-so-bright stars or something. Who knows? Anything is possible. And... and um, again, Pochettino must have a strategy in in mind, and and as a Spurs supporter, you need to always have faith and believe and and hope for the best, and that's what I do. So, do I think we can get a result? Yeah, I do. I think um, I don't know who he's going to play, but I don't believe that we will be playing against an extremely strong Barcelona. I think that uh, yes, while we'll be in Barcelona, we can beat them. We, we we beat Real Madrid, so why can't we beat Barcelona? Mm. I don't. Yeah, see. I, yeah, you, you're right. You, you you can't concede it at this stage, but I, I wouldn't put any money on it myself. Um, you're absolutely right, Javid. I mean, you don't expect anything else but an Inter Milan win and a, probably a good Inter Milan win. So, but clearly, Poch has, has identified it as a game that we must give ourselves the best chance, and he's trying to put the best team 
that he can out, I suspect. I'd be surprised if there's anything else. I can't imagine him dumping it. The fans would uh, would certainly round on him after that. So I think we're going to give it a go. And if we play on our day, we can give him a game. Hopefully they rest a couple. I'm not conceding the game, but I, I, I'm not conceding the game itself, but I am conceding probably us going further in the competition. Alas, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be wrong. It would just be like us, wouldn't it? For, for Inter Milan to win 3-0 and us to win 1-0 and we go out. If that's if that, well, I haven't really done the maths, mm. but if that we puts had us a, out. We had a question from Richard Healy. Um, his Twitter handle was at Dickie Healy. He says, how many people were frustrated, worried when they saw last night's lineup? I mean, we, we touched upon that earlier. Um, and I think from that, with, with players certain players rested. He says, surely getting a win versus Barcelona will mean more to Poch than any Premier League manager. Poch knows best. Um, now, obviously, I think there's, there's there's two sides to that. There is the fact that that it's Barcelona. It's a big, ma- big, big match, big opponent. Um, the magnitude of the game is so important um, for us to qualify, for to, to, to get a result there, to, to qualify for, for the knockout stage of the Champions League. That's... Um, that will do wonders for um, Maurizio standing and, and his CV. Um, I'm not saying that he's vain, and uh, but but you know he, he's, he's certainly a proud man, and and, and to, 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 to pull off a um, a uh, fantastic result there is what what somebody like him would 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 would, would, would strive for. Um, you, you know, you you want to test yourself against. The, Against the best, and them to do that would would, would be uh, would be a good thing. Secondly, he's obviously an ex um, Espanol man, both as a player and and, and manager in Espanol uh, uh, rivals of, of Barcelona. So I think that that that's also comes into it. So he's yeah he he took the decision to, to rest Kane um, and Eriksen. I think I keep reading that Eriksen's got this chronic stomach problem. Which means he can't play two matches in a week. Um, so that's perhaps maybe a, a, another reason why he, he he doesn't play the full ninety. But uh, I, if I had to make a prediction, I don't think we're going to get a result there. I don't think that. I think it's going to be very difficult. I think in order for us to get a, get a result, we have to be at, at our very very best. We've we've got to put the sort of performance that we put in against Madrid last season, um, away from home, um, even at home. Um, it's got to be one of those glory glory nights for us, um, where everybody plays really well. Um, I think they're a superhuman team. I, there are there are one or two sides come along in, in, in football, in world football every now and then that just you look back and you think, wow, and, and Barcelona for me are, are that that team. The way they move the ball around so quickly, Messi's just a, a, a magician. Um, and to that end, I think it's going to be very difficult to to, 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 to get a result. If, if I had to predict, I would say we won't win. Um, whether we lose or we or, or we draw is, is another matter. I don't think we'll, we'll win, but I do think that we'll, we will go there and play the game of our lives. Um, and we will, to paraphrase what Bill Nicholson said, um, aim high. Um, and uh, I think if we do that, we can come out of there with our heads held high, knowing that we that we tried and that we put a fantastic performance. And I, I really think we're we're, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
That's what the players want. They want to go mm. out there and, and put a performance in. They will do. They won't care about the next game. That's the game. They're testing themselves again. Uh, but uh, Barcelona, after the first game, won't fear us, that's for sure. Um, they'll be wary of us, but they, they won't fear us. Um, as I say, more to do with if they wreck somebody. And I suspect they won't. I think apparently Messi put two great free kicks in last night. I haven't seen it. Yeah. There we are. So, yeah, well, we'll see. The stage is set, though, for, for 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 somebody like I don't know Sissoko to make a real name for himself. Imagine that. Imagine if imagine if, if, if Sissoko went on one of those runs, picked it up from um, the defence on the counter, broke forward, broke forward, ran with the ball, ran with the ball, and then he had it. I don't know uh, Kane to his right, and we're all shouting pass, 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 and he takes that touch further and another touch, and then suddenly, before you know it, it's on, and he just glides the ball himself um, into the back of the Barcelona net. And we just lose our shit and just go mad and and uh, yeah, it could happen. It could happen. I don't think it will happen, but it could. And you, you know what? Anything is possible. And, and just like we said, never underestimate your your opponent. Barcelona, um, like David just said, they probably may be wary of us, but they don't fear us. They mustn't underestimate us either, because I think that whoever Pochettino puts out. That desire is going to be there because this is this is Champions League and and yeah we haven't had the best results um, this season but I think being being a, a all or nothing game we have to give it our all and I'm sure that that the players are, are sharing Pochettino's vision for that so you you guys of little faith or maybe I've got rose-colored spectacles on but I I think we're going to go there and we're going to get a result and we're not going out of Champions League but we'll we'll talk then after the game and and see if I was wrong but either way I'm drinking champagne either to drown my sorrows or to celebrate so it's still a winner for me <laughs> good good on you um right let's see we've got a few questions to finish off with um Dominic Sibley's Twitter handle is at Dom Sib. How good can Delhi be? He could be one of the very best. I firmly believe he looks looks he's heading that way. The stats are already showing it. My eyes are telling me he could be one of the very best around the world. Uh, I think even at this moment, I don't think there's a club in the world that wouldn't or isn't already coveting him and would pay very big money for him if he became available. Hmm. And I, I think he is that player. I, I can't think of another player that's like him. He has... I did say to you yesterday, he, he's... Uh, when he goes in at the far post, uh, it reminds me of Martin Peters, but that's the only aspect that I can think of. But other than that, he, he's a bit of a one-off, isn't he? This this nutmegging all the time. And, and he got in the box yesterday and that... He, he got on the chest and he flicked it with his left foot, got round the back of the bloke, cover came in so he couldn't get in on goal and he still managed to come out with it um he looks as though he can dribble it into a washing machine and still come out with a ball <laughs> it's just uh he's quite astonishing boy for that i i, I just think he is going to be one of the one of the sort of top six or seven players if he's not already in the world and uh, as, as a big as a big thing to say yeah also arguably the stage is set for him um if against barcelona 
if, for example, I'm, I'm hoping this won't happen. I'm hoping he, he's. I, I suspect he's, he's going to be here, here at Spurs for, 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 for a few years. I mean, he signed a new contract recently, and he cited Pochettino as, as one of the reasons why um, he was he, he signed that contract, and the fact that he could, he felt that he could continue and learn to develop at Spurs, which is always a re- refreshing thing when a young player says that. It's too easy for them to to um, go for the big big move. But if he if for the just for the sake of argument, if he wanted to sign for a big club. You know, if he wanted to um, get in the shop window, obviously everybody knows about Delhi now, and he. And he, he scored, what you what, what you meant scored. to say it was another big club. Another big club. Sorry, if he wanted a if he wanted to force a move abroad, for example, or if he wanted to move abroad, maybe one day, maybe a few years down the line, then it's a perfect perfect opportunity for him to do so. And he does it in the big games. That's the thing about Delhi. He's perhaps not in terms of his goal scoring this season and maybe last. He's perhaps not as prolific as a couple of seasons ago when I think he got something like twenty. But he does so much more, and then when he does score, he does it in the big games. He does it against. He loves scoring against Chelsea. He did it against Real Madrid last season. He turns up in these big, big, big matches, and he's gone from a very good young player to, um, and it's a term that often is used uh, too easily, and, and and perhaps should be a, a little bit. Uh, reserved for certain place, players, but he he is a world class talent, in my opinion. Completely world yep. class. Yep. Yeah. Nicky, when, when, yeah. When we did the when when uh, again going back memory lane um, about three years ago, 2015-16. So that was his first season with us, and we, we signed this young player from from Milton Keynes, and he came off the bench. I mentioned that game earlier and against Leicester, where he, where he scored that header, and then later on, a few months down the line. He forced his way in, 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 into the team, and he became a re- regular. And, and he was real talent back then. But I remember both you and I that there was one aspect of his game that we that we yeah. didn't like, and it, and it was yeah. his his attitude. He was quite petulant. I I kept citing at the time that that was something that he needed to learn from. Um, he needed to you know take a take look at players like, for example, young David Beckham, who who showed petulance and, and had sometimes a tendency to to, to get sent off for stupid things. Um, but three years down the line, there's he's a maturity. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's not I doing mean, he, that anymore. Yeah. He'll, he'll still square up to an opponent. He'll still, you know, be know. assertive, and he can be a little bit, be a bit cheeky, and he can he can get under the opponent's skin. Um, but he's it's not costing us. It's not cause. You know, there isn't a red card or a yellow card. I mean, there was a, a couple of years ago there was an incident against Ghent when he, um, in the Europa league tie where he uh, went in for a two-footed tackle um, yeah. and he got sent off immediately but there isn't that side of him anymore there isn't the the, the, the cheeky elbow that, that against uh, the West Brom player whose name escapes me that, that caused him to miss all those games he's he he's showing a level of maturity which which we hoped back then he would he would show and then he's starting to show that mm. Absolutely. No, it's, I mean, it's, and, and, and again, it's probably testament to Pochettino. You know, yes, he's he's obviously getting older, so he's getting more mature, but um, he doesn't need to do all those things. And we said it at the time. I think it was still the, one of the podcasts we did with Jess. Where, remember, I said I, it's the one thing I really, really disliked about him. I, I just wish he'd have a bit of a, a cool head. And, um, and I remember, I think it was Jess that still said, you know that's that's part of the thing that makes him so appealing is his 
his bike that he's got. You know, he's got this little bit of a of a spark about him um, because he wants to do so well, I think. But yeah, he's he certainly has just improved, and um, and like David was saying just now, he shows up for the big games. So if if he does play on on Tuesday, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. He'll play. He'll play. I would like to say, I saw a, a documentary about him recently, a half-hour documentary, and, and seeing him in his family, uh, which is an adopted family, but he, he does see them absolutely as his family. And his brother, um, his adopted brother, is his manager. Uh, and that speaks volumes, that uh, this family have, have taken him on as a young kid. Um, I think he's almost a teenager when they got him. He's his adopted brother was with MK Dons, uh, with the youth. He came with him, and the pair of them was just stay together. And he's had that solid family background that he was on the verge of not having. And he could easily today just be wasting his life away somewhere that we wouldn't even know. So a great testament to this adopted family. They've brilliantly brought him up. He, he, he calls them mum and dad. They are his family. I say his it's brother is his manager really looks after his best interests so uh, I think he's a well-rounded guy actually he looks I know he looks petulant on the field and he has this certain arrogance and you do concern yourself but um, behind the scenes actually he's not really like that it was almost mm. like a shyness it, mm. it overcompensates yeah absolutely well we're, yeah well-rounded individual certainly um, yeah he's a real real um, gem of a player um, okay, another one from Dave Phipps uh, he says Delhi was his man of the match last night um, but halfway through the season who has been your player of the season so far go on Nicky I don't know if I can just choose one because I mean Lucas Mora we were, we were saying after I think the first or the second game of the season that we just wish that he would you know, be a little bit more consistent. And, and I mean, he's been a little superstar, I've thought. So he's really actually come to his own. Um, and then, of course, there's Sissoko, who's who's improved in leaps and bounds. So I just I just think that I, I love all our players so much that I don't know if I could I could do an injustice to them and, and choose only one. So, but those it's two the, stand out. It's the, we're not quite at the halfway point of the season, but... Let, we almost are. Um, imagine if the end of season awards were held right now, and you had one casting vote, Nikki. Oh my goodness, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff! I don't know how you can do that. <laughs> am I right? In, am I right? Am I, am I, am I, yeah. I was going to say, am I, am I right in thinking that there, there's a players, that there is a, a supporters award at the end of the season, right? That I think everybody, if you remember, if you're a member that, that you can vote for, um, I don't think I voted last season. I was quite apathetic. Everybody asked me, "Who do you vote for?" I didn't really care. Uh, that's an awful thing to say, but I, re- I really <laughs> didn't feel that strongly about it. Um, but also, don't the um, the uh, this is your get get out of jail card? I think don't the um, uh, the supporters clubs don't they also have a vote? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we so do. You, there you go. I'll give you. You can you can vote for two. <laughs> there we go. Well, they, they're not telling you it's the Soko and it's Mora. <laughs> Soko and Mora. Okay. David. Sissoko. Make it easy. At this stage, it would be Sissoko. 
I don't say he's the best player in the team. He's not. But from where he's come from, and as you, all the things you've said, and I absolutely agree with, that he's um, ignored all the flack that's come his way. Uh, and you were right, Nicky. This has got us mostly his age is the, is the full rounded player. Um, it's to do with confidence. And we've now backed him. He had a couple of good games. He's down in the backing and he's been a revelation the the miles he did yesterday on that pitch where he did that tackle he was covering the fullback and he came flying across he was up and down that pitch hell of a work rate so i have no doubt at this stage i would just say mm-hmm. so and give him the trophy yeah um i'm inclined to go for Soko too but like you say at this stage um, a few years ago, I thought Danny. Uh, was it two years ago, I thought Danny Rose was, was was on course to be our player of the season, and then he picked up that injury at Sunderland um, in January, and that and that was that. And he was at that point, up until that point, I thought I thought he was superb. So you never know what's around the corner. Soko could yeah. get injured, or he, or he could, uh, dare I say it, <laughs> revert to type and and go back to the Soko uh, we had a, a while back, um, or some other players like, for example, Son. Um, who uh, didn't have yeah. a great start to the season after after the um, Asian Games, but then recently he's been showing the form that we know he's capable of. You know, for example, if he was to continue that, or if somebody else was to have a good second half of the season, it could be a different story. But at this point, I'd have to give it to Musa Sissoko. If there's one other player I could name, I'd probably say Lamella. I think he's done really well when he's, when he's had a chance this, this season. A lot of the opportunities have been off the bench, but he scored a few goals. Um, he, he's... Uh, He's also another one, like Delhi, shown some maturity compared to the player that we signed early on. By the way, on Lamella, I, I heard somewhere that he might be back for, for the tie on Tuesday. Oh, wow. That that would be good. It would be good to have the the, uh, the, the, the option of obviously Kane up top, but then Delhi, Eriksson, uh, Lamella, Son, Mora. That, that's... It, you can't play all of those players, but it would be good to have that option or that headache, selection headache for Pochettino. And, and then whoever doesn't make it would be a very good or bench option. Yeah. Okay, final question. Um, another one from Dominic Sibley. Uh, are we in the title race? Yes. You have to do it. You have to say we are. But as, as we were discussing yesterday, it does need the others to come back to us. We're doing what we're doing. I don't see us. We will drop more points, silly points. We will lose to another sort of Watford game. I've no doubt we will may well lose to Liverpool and or uh, Man City again, which will give us six or seven lot, which is not good to win the title. So we do need the others mm-hmm. to come back to us. But you cannot, cannot concede at this stage that we're not in the title race. Uh, the manager doesn't. The players don't and we don't. So I have to say at this stage, we are in the title race, albeit that we're, we're um, uh, probably third or fourth fourth favourites for it. But I have to say we're in it. Yeah, look, I think um, for me, uh, the fact that, that we aren't settled and we aren't in our new stadium yet, I just think as long as we, we are consistent and we are able to, to still get top four this season is going to be really, really great. Um, but are we contenders? <sighs> you know, I don't know. Unless unless uh, Liverpool or Man City get, um, get some serious injuries or something or something slows them down or something happens and, and all of our players come back and we just hit one of four big time. 
um, you know, yeah, the fact that we third, the fact that we are getting the results, um, we had a little slip up last week, but that's all it was—a little bump in the road. So anything is possible. Anything is possible. I don't, I don't know if I'd say yeah, absolutely, without a doubt, but um, but I'm just happy with the fact that, as you pointed out earlier, David, that it's our, um, you know, at this stage of the season, it's our best point so far. And um, for I think I think I heard a stat saying for since like 1930 or something. Is, am yes, I right? No, no draws. Um, having we haven't drawn a game with the. They said it on match of the day. Actually, haven't had a draw uh, or so far this season, which we are the only team in all four divisions and even the, the next two down the pyramid, um, the conference. Um, and, and that hasn't happened since 1930. That many games. Wow. Mm. You know, I mean, look, Leicester did it. Leicester did it. They they got these. Um, scrappy little wins and and they went from the, the lead. So why the hell can't we actually now that I think about it? So yeah, we are. I'm changing my mind. I'm a woman. It's my prerogative. We are title content. Okay. Um, I think that going back to your earlier point, David, I think you're right. We'll, we'll probably lose a few more points. I think everybody, the teams above us, no one's going to go and beat um, nobody's going to go from here on in and win every single game there, there will be some points dropped um, but I think we're not, I don't think we're going to at least drop that many points because as it is we haven't dropped you know 12 wins out of a possible 16 four, four defeats and when you analyse each of those four, four, four defeats particularly the first couple against Watford and Liverpool um, we were poor back then at the start of the season we had a lot of players um, suffering um, because of the World Cup etc etc this is the point where we hit form um Players will come back from injuries. I, I don't think I don't I don't we're gonna I don't think we'll drop that many points actually. Um, obviously, our starting position isn't as good as City and Liverpool with five and six points uh, behind those teams respectively. So the key thing is they need to drop more points than yeah. we do, and I th- and I think they will. I think that, that that that's a difficulty when you look up at it and you think, oh, where are they going to drop points? And all these teams. Um, not like Leicester, for example, when 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 we sort of hoped they would drop points, and but yeah, all these likes of Liverpool and City, they and they're good sides. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they play certain opposition, and it just seems like some of these op- op- teams just roll over and 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 just allow them to win, and, and they don't put any effort. And I, I felt that with 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 Leicester a few years ago. Um. You look at it and you think, where are they going to drop points? But they will. Um, nobody could envisage that City would would drop points to Chelsea yesterday, or, or that, um, for example, Chelsea would have would have lost to Wolves in the middle, middle of the week. I think Liverpool will drop some points somewhere, and it won't be necessarily in the expected places. Um, Liverpool have still got to play United next week. They've got City to play, um, so. I think it will be close. Um, to answer Dominic's questions, uh, question, are we in the title race? I think we're going to win the title. I think that come the 20th of April, which is when we play Man City away from home, I think if we are in a position, which I think we will be, close either ahead of them or very, or within you know, a couple of points of them, then that, that game will be pivotal. That's the penultimate game in April. And I think, I think if, if we're in a strong position going into that game... I fancy us to get a result there. I really do. We've done it before. We've yeah. done it before at, at the at the um, 
as he had, albeit when Pellegrini was manager. Um, we've done it against Pep in his first season. Yeah. Okay, the City team wasn't as good as it is now, but at that point, 20th of April, they're going to be involved in Champions League semi-finals. I think we can go there and get a result. Um, and I think by the time we play Everton, which will, which will be our final home game of the season on Sunday the, the, the 12th of May, I think that the Everton players will form a guard of honour um, <laughs> and we will be Premier League champions. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, we've got to beat Barcelona as well, but we'll, 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 do, we'll do that. And, and it's, it's all going to be good. And Bell's going to come in the transfer window in January. Daniel, Daniel Levy said, or Pochettino said the other day, that um, Levy's not been contactable the last couple of weeks. He's been quite busy. Um, and apparently Levy has said that he's been sorting out um, Pochettino's Christmas present, which I can only assume is, is um, bringing back Bale in the January window. We move into the new stadium in January, sign Gareth Bale. The world's our oyster. What have you been drinking, Jeff? Yes, I was going to say, <laughs> bit, bit of advice Optimism. here, Jeff. Bit of advice. Stay I off the mar- stay off the mar- <laughs> It's not doing you any good. <laughs> right. Um, the next podcast we shall be recording um, a week today, um, by, by which time we hopefully would have celebrated a 5-0 resounding victory against Burnley and a, and a famous win in, 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 in the new camp. And my guest then will be um, a guy called Andrew um, Rockall, who uh, uh, he's one of the hosts on the Echoes of Glory podcast, um, uh, otherwise known as uh, Stato, um, for obvious reasons, because he's uh, he's, a, he's one of these guys who's, who's very good when it comes to football stats, uh, particularly around around Spurs. Um, but um, he'll be on the he'll be on the podcast next week, um, and other than the usual discussing Spurs and then who we've played and, and all of that sort of thing, one of the reasons why we've got him on the podcast is um, he worked as a researcher on the Spurs shirt book. Um, that's a book which was released fairly recently. Um, it's available online and it's available in in, in the Spurs shop. Uh, shops even um, and the Spurs shirt is the official history of the Tottenham Hotspur colours um, which through a unique uh, collection of match worn shirts um, and uh, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll have him on the pod and we'll, we'll be discussing the book um, and his contribution to the book uh, and looking back at some of the um, Spurs reminiscing about some of the Spurs shirts over, over the over the years that, that have, have meant something um, to us and and, and 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 that sort of thing. And the, I purchased a book um, earlier this week. Um, it's a fa- firstly, it's a beautiful book. It's just um, full of pictures of all the Spurs shirts, shirts down down the years, um, and 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 the history behind them. And uh, yeah, it's definitely well worth a, a, a purchase. I think it, it, it's a must read for any sort of fan. So we'll be we'll be discussing that. Um, but otherwise, until then, firstly, thank you, Nikki. Oh, thank you for having me, Jeb. Thank you, David. Yep. Cheers. And until next week, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run onto that green. 
White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We've fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that lily white and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.